0: This episode of the Pursuit Podcast is presented by Fisher Skis. Hello, everyone. It's your host, Mr. X. You're listening to the Pursuit Podcast on the Out of Collective episode this week. It's pretty damn good. It's in person, which is great. Um, I texted my buddy, Jake Hopfinger. He lined me up with Parkin. I rolled up to the TGR house. They cooked me dinner, and we did a podcast. So... Hyped on it because Parkin hasn't done much, done many podcasts. Uh, 2020 King of Corbett's. Talk about Corbett's. Obviously, you got to do that. Talk about skiing big lines, backflips and avalanches, you know, risk reward decision making. It's a really fun episode. But before we get into that episode, go get yourself a Sierra Nevada Hop Splash. I'm addicted to these things. I don't know if I can say that, but I'm like absolutely loving the Sierra Nevada Hop Splash just refreshing you know you get done with a ski tour you get done with a mountain bike grab yourself sierra nevada hop splash as many of you know i'm cruising the van right now i am on the west coast i'm currently in a parking lot in jackson hall i'm waiting for them to kick me out you know what i wish i had an alpine van i love my van it's a great build it's phenomenal but after seeing what todd does at alpine vans They're built to explore. I would have been warm. I'd have cold Sierra Nevada in the fridge. They're literally built to explore. Go to alpinevans.com. Yeah, it's the one Cody Townsend uses in the 50 project. You know it. You love it. Go to alpinevans.com. Check them out. Use the van finder. You know, they're accessible. That's what they do. They make accessible vans for people like ourselves who want to go outside and explore. Again, go check out alpinevans.com. And let's get into the episode. Parkin'. Uh, really? I'm going to hit record, yeah. Uh, so the intro, I don't do an intro. I let you do an intro. So who is Parkin' to parking? And this is like, you can fucking say whatever you want here. And we're live. You're up.
1: This is it. All right, wild. I don't know how I'm going to start off with that. This is the worst part for you. It does seem like probably the hardest part of the entire <laughs> the entire podcast, but I don't know. Yeah, my name is Parkin Costain. I'm 23 years old, and I'm just a guy that's kind of found passion in the mountains and like looking to have fun throughout any month of the year, no matter what I'm doing, skiing, mountain bike, playing in the dirt, building trails, kind of just trying to have fun and playing the mountains.
0: So if you weren't, are you, do you call
1: yourself a pro skier? I've never called myself a pro skier, but now I'm sort of labeled as that like a while ago. I don't know. I guess that's not, no, I'll definitely tell people like if they are like, what do you do? What do you do? And now it's fully just kind of like at a point where I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of like a pro skier. It's my career at the moment. And yeah,
0: like, I don't know your relationships to ask, and I don't need to, but hypothetically if you had a Tinder bio, would it say pro skier?
1: I've never had a dating app <laughs> and I was in like a five year long relationship until like last March.
0: Oh, I should and swerve then, from this then.
1: Well, no, I still don't have a dating app. But, yeah, I haven't used that. No. I, kinda, I just...
0: You should. I, I probably could use it. You've earned it. It'd be like a being a commercial airline pilot. Like that's Do, a,
1: do people flex that? I don't know. I would. Yeah, I'm a commercial airline pilot for Delta. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I would say, you don't flex pro skier? No. I mean, that's a testament to you in general.
1: Yeah, I guess maybe.
0: If you weren't a pro skier... We're just going to say that. I mean, you're a pro skier. We know that, but if you weren't, what would you be doing? Like if you, did you go to school?
1: Yep. No, have not gone to college. So I gave myself a deadline when I was in high school. I started, I grew up in Whitefish, Montana, little town, super fun town, great people. But the skiing and school vibe was not there. Like all the teachers, there were like basketball and football people. And if you were a skier, they were not down to help you out when it came to like classwork or anything. And, trying to like schedule with your events throughout the season it just never really worked out so i started homeschooling like sporadically like did half days and then turned into full homeschool like first like freshman year of high school so then did all homeschool but was kind of still hanging out with all my like high school normal friends and i gave myself the deadline if i don't kind of turn this into a career path by the end of high school then i'm going to college but senior year kind of worked out so
0: so what what would you do
1: What would I be doing? Um, I mean, if you had to guess. Like, I kind of, at a young age, was able to tell that I had, like, lots of different avenues that I was interested in. So, it wasn't just, like, you're going to be pro skier; That's what you're focusing on for the rest of your life. That's what you're going to be. I was super into filmmaking when I was young. I started, like, a little film production company and bought, like, a gimbal before anyone knew what those things were. And was going around doing real estate videos and trying to make, like, a buck throughout the summer. And my dad also owns a trail building company called Terraflow Trails. So that's how I saved up enough money at a Grom age to buy a snowmobile and then buy this like gimbal stabilizer was I was working all summer digging in excavators, building these like hiking trails and mountain bike trails around Montana. And yeah, I think that was a career path that I was interested in pursuing just full on was trail building and then thought maybe I could try to pursue filmmaking. And then I was also like super into mountain biking. So if I was trying to pursue another like full pro career, that was where I was heading. But skiing
0: was, That was the pick, and you did it. I mean, you still got time, but, like, you're doing it.
1: Yeah. It's pretty impressive. No, it's been sick, dude. Yeah, currently it's working out. Tons of props to my dad for being a legend. When I was growing up, like, literally all this happening is, like, it wouldn't have happened, I don't think, if he wasn't around. And he was the guy that was my film cameraman traveling around, like, taking me to the backcountry, teaching me about the snowpack. And, like, that's kind of how I started to make a name for myself when I was younger is I won the TGR Grom Comp when I was, like, 15. And then two years later, I won the YG Ski Quicksilver Contest at 17. And then from there, then I started working with TGR. So without my dad literally following me around the mountains and filmmaking me, like as a little kid, that I don't think I'd be in the same position.
0: Yeah, shout out to your dad for being rad. Well, just for like, not many dads would support their kids doing that.
1: Right? Yeah, like, no, he was full gung-ho, like, yeah, let's let's go. Like, he was looking at the weather forecast, like 100% committed to making this happen. It was sick. That's amazing. That you know, was awesome. I'm going to pause because I think my battery's going to oh. back into this. <sighs> we're I put, back.
0: Yeah, we're back. I hit pause because my batteries are going to die because I'm a shitty podcast host. So <laughs> we're back. Um, Parkin's talking about his dad supporting him, basically, and trusting his goals, which is just fucking rad as shit. And you actually showing up and playing the game and doing it properly. Did it come easy?
1: Like, you won two comps, and now you're kind of a filmer pro guy. Like, you didn't have to grind it out too much. Yeah, like, I had fully loved the competing scene when I was younger. I did the – the way I fully got into this was there was this really dope, up-and-coming freestyle park skier dude, Mitch Gilman. A few you guys out there might know who he is. And then he was on the line skis, like, pro team at, like, 12 years old, and then I was a couple years old, younger than him. I was nine, and he brought me to my first big mountain event at Red Mountain resort in Rosalind. okay so then from nine until 17 while i was still doing it like i did like the couple little films like the film production things but was competing on the ifsa free ride circuit until i was 17 and then since i had those two film events go well enough then tgr like heard about my name and was interested and i got some sponsors and yeah 2018 was in far out so first tgr film there and yeah, kinda it definitely worked out really smoothly. Like I didn't have to continue to do the FWQs or like I loved competing though, so that's what I was interested in doing. But it do you worked think, out well enough.
0: Do you think you'll ever do them? Like I'm sure you can get a guest spot, or they call what do they call it? Like the lottery or yeah, whatever. the wild card. Wild card. Yeah. Do you have any interest in that? Totally.
1: Yeah, I got a wild card two years ago after winning Kings and Queens. They gave me one for a kicking horse, but then it was like middle of COVID and then with my film season it wasn't really gonna line up and I like want to do it at some point, but currently kind of have other plans do you feel you have something to prove i would love to if i could put that on the resume as well (laughs) that'd be sick but who knows dude like the like the people that are entering the event now like everyone's starting to kind of throw down harder and harder each season it's getting much more competitive than it was i feel like back in the day like people are throwing down these days so
0: yeah it's i had griffin post on last week and he was talking about like when he did it yeah like you just had to survive totally now you have to like you have to like throw down multiple tricks in the putting, middle of like a gnarly big mountain you're face. putting down a movie part like in a competition yeah
1: variable snow conditions yeah. yeah it doesn't sound fun at all like i do i do love competing i like competition so i think that's why i'm interested in it but do yeah. you compete in anything else i know you're a mountain biker starting to pursue like enduro events a little bit on mountain biking side but I always have then also been into like filmmaking enough, like on my own, but then also with like other little production companies that I enjoy pursuing that. And yeah.
0: How many days a year would you say you're actually getting clips out of a ski season? I think this is important for people listening.
1: Dude, like (laughs) you don't just go, like ideally you'd go out when it's good and you just get your shots and then be done, but literally you can battle. Like we've been in Jackson kind of these last three, four weeks trying to get clips here and there, but then like weather moves in, weather moves out, sketchy Abbey conditions. And yeah, we've probably got like three days worth of like decent shooting conditions. I feel like, and like more can line up than that. But I feel like this year has been weird. Like we keep having like little hiccups everywhere we're going, but I think it's going to line up at some point. It always does. How many hours
0: of skiing does it take for you to get, let's say a three minute clip? I mean, obviously, this is a bullshit like, question. Like, Yeah, like edit. But like, why, like, no, but yeah. like, how many, let's say how many runs do you think it takes you? Like, it takes you 100 runs to get a good three-minute clip. Or like, what is that number? This is a bullshit question. No, I totally. So, I feel
1: pretty consistent. Like, if it's like optimal conditions, I feel like I can like lay something down to get like a good run first, second hit. But to make like a full film part, it just takes like so many of those days that are very rarely lined up throughout
0: the season what changes does your first run affect your fourth run of
1: the day definitely yeah so like we always talk talk about trying to build a base so like no matter what if you can just get pow turns like hit a couple small cliffs like start to get bc clips then you like at least have something to rely on like if you go huge and you blow yourself up for the rest of the season you're like you have something and then your sponsors are going to be like somewhat okay with you but yeah if it <laughs> comes like the sponsors don't push you that hard but like literally it's just tough sometimes you're like you got to take it easy at first to kind of try to build a segment and then afterwards you can start to throw down a little harder to make sure you fill it out.
0: How do you like when you go into a day like you're filming tomorrow, do you know, do you have an idea of what you're going to do? Do you know what that looks like or do you get up there, feel it? And you're like, okay, this feels right. Let's do it.
1: Definitely depends on like what snow conditions you're getting yourself into. Today, I'm fortunate, like we went out, scouted, got eyes on the train, we're gonna be skiing, and then took like detailed photos. And in my head right now, I'm definitely already able to visualize what I'm gonna go do tomorrow morning. But some days you do roll up to a new zone and you're like unsure of the snowpack. you're unsure of like what the snow is actually gonna feel like and it totally changes your mindset going into it. But today felt good and tomorrow have like three objectives that I think we can crush out in the morning and I think it could be a pretty productive day. Do you do,
0: are you a routine guy? like do you do the same thing every morning that you film? Do you always wear matching socks? Do you wear the same underwear? Like, is there superstition involved or you just like wing it?
1: Definitely more of a wing it. Like I'm loose coming into the mornings. <laughs> it takes me a long time to get to the trailhead. We try to get up really early and get there and I'm typically always the last one, but I promise you I won't be the first one out. I'm gonna be there till the end of the day. So we've got like super loose morning productions trying to get everyone up there, but then I'm just like locked and loaded and ready to go for the day. What does your trail snacks look like? Typically, got a cliff bar, bottle of water, sometimes add a little flavor, and then uh, sometimes a sandwich. Like right now, we're at Lodge Life right now, and he makes the dopest, like little bacon breakfast (laughs) egg sandwich in the morning. And they're always for breakfast, but then I like wrap one up and put it in the tinfoil, and yeah, it's really good. Pocket
0: bacon's like always a home run. Yeah,
1: I'm still waiting to put on, I ordered one, but it never showed up, like the muff pot for your sled. So oh, you cook I've the seen food. those. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's like a product they make. I thought people just like stuffed like tinfoil over their pipe. Dude, no,
1: they like come from the factory. You can get like these, not the factory, like aftermarket factory. And they like weld on these little tin cans that open up and close. And you can make your chili, your like sandwich. You can toast everything on your muff pot, <laughs> on your snowmobile. So you have like warm food when you're out there, dude. It's so fun.
0: So I think I'm going to give a little spoiler for everyone listening. You guys don't really tour. It's all sled laps. I'm, yeah, I'm blaming you and Jake for this.
1: Yeah, Jake and I put ourselves in this position, but it's it's been pretty fun over the last few years. Like it's almost a bit of a goal, like a challenge every time we go out, it's like this is the zone most people I feel like would typically skin. Can we set a like sled lap straight to the top of it? And sometimes it works out, sometimes you battle for three, four hours and you definitely could have skinned it five laps already and you're not there yet. But when it does work out and you build yourself literally like high mark side hill, like put in a road straight to the top of this peak and you just like session it like lap after lap it's, it's it's unreal do you think you get better clips because of it it depends like if you have the time to set up that sled lap then totally but if it's like run and gun you're just trying to hit this zone like early morning you don't quite have what you need in order to like set a road i think yeah it's, it always depends yeah some days you get better these are clips. a lot of wish-washy answers you get whenever. i'm sorry they're not <laughs> definitive dude it, the winter is a very unpredictable place
0: there's the podcast with parker where there's no correct answers everyone is just it could be
1: it could be it kind of is
0: kind of not so how do you i assumed you guys were fitness gurus but now i'm learning that you're you just rely on two strokes and two
1: strokes are hard dude two
0: strokes and i agree i do agree it's a workout what what do you do to stay in shape Cause it's abuse. Like it is when it goes good, it's great. It's still abuse. When it goes bad, you have to be in shape enough for it to go bad and you
1: be okay. Totally. Yeah. This is probably back to my dad being like a little coach when I was a grom, he was pretty adamant that I go to the gym and try to train and prepare for the season. And yeah, starting at like 12 years old, he was like, you should go like lift some weights. You should like build some strength up before the season. So you're not tired and we're trying to shred. And yeah, he's always been kind of right behind me. Like even to this date, he's like, dude, you haven't gone to the gym in like three weeks. Like you got to go build up some muscle. I'm like, dad, I'm strong enough right now. Come on. But, uh, it's a good father son relationship we have. And I think he kind of instilled that in me at a young age that preventative maintenance is a key to trying to hold on to this career as long as you can. So do you listen to him or no? Yeah. like I, Like, I think we always think pretty similarly and then like sometimes I want to prove him wrong. So I like, Try not to, like, listen to what he's saying, but I'm like, no, I, I know I should do that. Yeah, I should probably go up and do that.
0: Well, you're young still, and I think you can get away with shit when you're young, but, like, it catches up. So the more you can do now, the better foundation you have for the future. Yeah, you just
1: don't have to think about it as
0: much later, and it's not like changing your life habits. Okay? Right. You're doing it. Is there any dietary
1: restrictions, or are you just loose and fast? I'm pretty loose and fast when it comes to eating food. <laughs> I eat so many burgers in the winter, dude, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I love this so much. This is—I would have thought you were a little stricter, just by like. I me think that's part of not being it. on like a team. Like I don't know. I feel like all the I feel like the park kids right now. Like they're on like the U.S. team, like going to the Olympics. They've got like training that they're like regimented <sighs> to do every it's single so day. Get, yeah, it's way different. How do you feel about that?
0: I think like go ahead. I'll I'll let you answer the question.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I'm pretty. I don't know. I think I'm glad that maybe I didn't like pursue that route. I don't know. Like, it seems like they're having tons of fun and I'm sure they are, but when it comes to like having to follow like a strict guideline going into everything, it's nice to be a little bit more loose.
0: Yeah. I think that was the whole point of skiing. At least for me, I grew up playing team sports. Skiing was like the outlet. There was no coaching. There was no, and that's, I think it's cool and I like that they're doing it, but I'm also like, man, like park kids are like the most,
1: they're like the loosest i feel like but then now they're getting like funneled into something that's making yeah that's them be like regimented exactly. yeah but
0: then they're like regimented in like these like janko ass like wide jean they're not in jeans but like wide pants like it's so fun <laughs> it like doesn't make sense like their uniforms are like I know. baggy pants and tall tees which are coming back which i love but then they're like oh i have practice and i'm like but you have to practice hitting rails just go hit them like it's not yeah i mean i guess it's practice but like do you call it practice when you go ski big lines like, and you don't film? No, it's
1: just skiing. It's just, skiing. just <laughs> like, skiing. It's not dude. practice. Yeah. It's... Were you ever a rail guy? Uh, no. I had very little freestyle background. I grew up like competing on this freestyle team that I had back home, but our train park was marginal at best. It was pretty small. We... The... Go ahead. Yeah, it was a small park. I hit rails. I remember learning my first rail, and it felt great, but never fully pursued that route. Can we expect a park at it any time in the near future? No. Definitely (laughs) not.
0: I'm sorry. Uh, Hey, don't don't apologize to me. Um, Why
1: Big Mountain? Big Mountain is, like, mean. It's the meanest part of skiing, I feel. I also felt like it was pretty odd for me at a young age to, like, pursue it. Because there are never, like, our little kids, like, oh, I want to go ski that line like Big Mountain. And I feel like that's changing. Seems like it's becoming more and more of a thing, which is epic to see. I just watched... This girl Riley out of Grand Targy land, a double backflip. It was unreal, dude. It's nuts. Yeah. How old is she? 11. You're like, what? That blew my mind. Like, that was the craziest clip I've seen. They, in like, don't life. have developed... Dude, ligaments. I didn't even learn a backflip on skis until I was 12. She's 11. Yeah, I'm
0: 36. I can't do them. <laughs> like, I don't know. Is it good?
1: Is it bad? Like, what's your take on it as, like... Jake and you- I were talking about this yesterday. Like, after watching that clip, obviously things are going to keep progressing, but at a certain point, it's just like, how, like, I'm sure people will say this in 10 more years, like, Oh, like, how are they going to make it go any further? But currently watching that 11 year old double back flip off that huge wind lip and stomp it. I'm like, what is she going to be doing in 10, 15 years? Like, how is this going to progress that much further? But.
0: So let me take that a little further. How do you think you're filming for TGR? Now you've been with them for five years.
1: Yes. Fifth year, I think.
0: Fifth season how are we continuing and i maybe you're thinking about this maybe you're not as an athlete how are you continuing to entertain people that's what you are you're an entertainer We're an
1: entertainer yep
0: how are you continuing to entertain people all while keeping yourself safe
1: yeah i try to never make it like a commit to a decision unless i'm like confident that the outcome is going to be like positive I can definitely screw up like the other day going into Corbett's went way bigger than I had planned on going and just tomahawked and tweaked my knee. It's been hurting for the last month, but I definitely always try to like, I feel like I grew up with a bit of a level head on my shoulders and never tried to like make a decision that I didn't think was one that was going to have a good outcome. And that doesn't change even if there's cameras rolling. No, that totally applies to like everything that I do. Yeah. So like cameras are out, like of course there's a little more pressure to like try to land the shot, but If it doesn't go well or if it just doesn't seem like the right call to hit that cliff right now, I'm not going to do it. And I don't really feel the pressure or, like, need to go and send it, which I feel like is a good thing.
0: So this is your Mari moment or my Mari moment for you. Tell me about this backflip that you did, like, literally into an avalanche. Yeah. that was (laughs) (laughs) Worked out. Best case. Like,
1: fucking amazing clip. Best case scenario for the worst case scenario right for sure best case worst case yeah no that was a wild day yeah i was not too far from here actually we were up in the mountains and filming a movie had a bit of pressure to get clips but this one i felt comfortable with like we've been skiing lines earlier in the day and everything seemed like things were in the right place for us to go and ski a face like this and it wasn't a huge face but definitely like big enough that if an avalanche happened it would bury you and could definitely have a horrible outcome but yeah, went into this line after warming up throughout the day, getting a couple, like, pretty decent, solid clips, like they made the movie, and then headed onto this slope that was just a tiny bit different aspect from what we'd been skiing earlier in the day. And had my line mapped out, like, had my line planned out, knew what I was going to do down it, and, like, everyone kind of thinks I just committed the backflip, even though I knew there was an avalanche chasing me down this mountain. But I was so focused and tuned in on, like, what I was about to do towards the bottom of the line that I just flipped having no idea that this entire mountain above me had just propagated. Like huge slide and So you didn't know. that Literally had, had no clue. It and kinda like, broke like It was like skiers behind left. your peripheral up on the back yeah. side of the mountain. Like the, it was wild. It totally happened in an area where I wouldn't have thought like I made a couple turns up top. Like if anything happened, like I'll I'll trigger it here and then I'll just like ski out the side like no big deal. You always gotta have like a plan B if the line doesn't go according to plan. But this year or this line, it had totally seemed like things were moving in the right direction for me to ski at top to bottom. And I literally initiated the flip, got upside down, and like everything just like mentally slow mode for a second because I just saw the ground was like crinkling right below me and starting to like funnel through this little chute that I was airing over. And it's crazy because my GoPro had died right before at the top of the <laughs> line, so I didn't get to record this. But I feel like I live it all the time. I just go back and like play that moment. And as I saw that snow kind of like funneling through this little couloir at the bottom, I knew that throughout the day, the snow was a little punchy and I didn't like at that moment, I was like, Oh, there's an avalanche. Like there's a lot of snow moving And I didn't want to land forward punch front Tomahawk and then have this slide take me on. So I went into it like mentally adjusted, like flipping over this thing. And like, all right, you got to like backslap, make sure that you ride out of this and not punch front Tomahawk. So did that landed a little back seat, but was able to get on my feet and then, rode out and clip looked pretty gnarly
0: yeah the clip was great it actually it looks like at the bottom you like turn you make you make a right turn where you should probably make a left turn
1: that was also me thinking about the camera angle at that point honestly i was like on my feet felt like i was in a safe position to like ski out no matter what and i saw this like little extra bit of it coming out and i was like if i tweak it over there might make the shot a little bit gnarlier and that was like a last moment kind of adjustment that was questionable, but uh, yeah, it's definitely not what you want to do when you're in an avalanche. I love that answer though, because
0: you're an entertainer, and like that is your job—is to make clips. Unfortunately, but like, not there—that not that there are any correct answers. I mean, we all know what you should do in those situations, but like, yeah, that is a great answer because it—that's what you do. Like, that's your job. You one, you were you saw it happening like too late. You're flipping. You adapt. You adjust. And then at the bottom, because like you should have turned left.
1: Yeah. Well, I was actually skiers right. I should have turned skiers right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. But yeah, it's no. It was a moment, and I definitely did that on purpose, which I haven't fully ever talked about. But like, I was on my feet skiing down a flat hill, like going down into a meadow, and I was like, I know how to do that. And like, I can just turn left a little bit and make this look way gnarlier. Yeah. So. Make the clip. Make the clip look right. Yeah. Did but you get a lot of shit for it? Uh, there was a few articles that definitely people were pissed that I posted on social media. But I also didn't post it on social media like, wow, look, look at this. It's going to be – obviously, I knew the clip was going to do well. But totally wrote like what we did wrong and like how this is a scenario that I really didn't want to get myself into. And fortunately, it worked out the way it did, but it could have been a lot worse. So, yeah, there's definitely a few people out there that were not psyched and <laughs> others that were like, oh, my God, that was crazy. How do you – does that that's got it does that mess
0: with your psyche not the people like just okay you got out you know mistakes were made that day that put you in that situation how do you get back to the top
1: to stack another clip well that day we definitely did not stack any more clips that was the last run of the day and then last run of that like whole trip we were kind of like all right that was too close like can't do this anymore but yeah you just got to like trust the people you're out with make sure that you surround your people with you surround yourself with people that you know of like something goes horribly wrong you know that you're as confident as you possibly can be that they'll help try to make it right so we go to like preseason training just get all the avi work we can all the first aid and all the backcountry experience and knowledge that you possibly can get which makes you feel more comfortable as an athlete knowing that like the people looking at you on this line are qualified and they're like meant to help make sure that this all goes according to plan But, uh, yeah, you just also never know. Like, something could go horribly wrong. And I feel like that's something that in the past year and a half has really started to sink in a little bit more. And I'm getting a little older. I'm 23. And, like, compared, compared to when I was 18, like, I think there's a little bit more, like, thought that goes into that. Like, man, if my ski ejected right here and there's that exposure below me, if I fell off that, that would suck. Or if you're straight lining a couloir and the snow is really bad. And you just hook an edge and you smack the side of the wall. Like, what's going to happen? Like, there's all these little things now that maybe are coming up in my mind that originally I was just, like, didn't think that they could happen. But, now they obviously can. And, yeah, it's pretty unsure out there. Yeah,
0: and and it has to change. You're still young. You're still, like, you can't – you're not comfortable yet, right? But, like, it's your fifth season filming. So, your first year you've maybe – I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like you got to get the shot. You got to get in the segment, maybe take a little more risk, maybe take a little more chances. But as you get older, older in quotes, you have the
1: luxury of like today's not the day. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely that mindset. Fortunately, I think like I came into it though, not having, like ideally I wanted to throw down as hard as I possibly could and send it off everything. But this first TGR trip that I went on when I was 18, We just weren't presented with the conditions to do that at all so i like went into it making a cool little segment up in terrace british columbia but it was a lot of tree skiing and little pillows like we didn't have ourselves in like a position to go just like huck meat which at that age i think i definitely would have on my first trip but uh yeah i think i kind of like got to ease myself into it over like two years which was nice and then yeah speaking of hucking meat 2020 kings and queens winner
0: king correct it happened it happened and you go back i feel like that's a competition you do it you win
1: and then you never do it again yeah i know dude but it's crazy though because that year like it went so well and smoothly and like my body didn't hurt and the double backflip went perfectly. i was like man like we'll make it even sicker next year and then conditions weren't quite as optimal and then the light was really flat didn't quite do anything that much sicker and then the year after that it was just bulletproof ice and I kind of like held out hope maybe like the conditions were just going to like continue to be optimal. And the season beforehand was going to be going really well. And I'd have like some brand new thing that I wanted to do, but yeah, it's kind of just gotten gnarlier and gnarlier in my head, I think. And I'm like definitely a little bit hesitant <laughs> as to like what I want to try to do in it. But uh, yeah, it's a lot to put on the line now, like having had that go so well a couple years ago, it's like it went the best it could have. What are you going to do now? So I just like you could, Get back on the top of the podium, but it's a big ask. And it's just like,
0: obviously, this was my first year there. And I was sitting in the lobby of the continuum when everyone got the text that it was a go. And the mood from the athletes instantly, like, it was like someone telling them, like, their cat had passed away. <laughs> oh, dude, I know. Like, it just, like, sucked the life out of the room. Yeah. Which for me, a spectator, a media guy, vibes were high, everything was good, everything's pumped. And then it was like we're going live. And that was for me a moment of realization of like, oh, these people, these humans, you like this is scary. Like you're it's you're filming all year and now you're tomorrow's go time and you're gonna put possibly your film season on the line
1: yeah why i know it was a lot this year too i think was like a little different than every other like i think last year conditions were absolutely atrocious just like solid bulletproof sheet of ice like there was nothing we could do about it we just had to like do what we could down the couloir and literally we cut a cornice like we cut a hole through the cornice to make the jump smaller but then yeah going into this year conditions were looking all right going into the event and then kind of marginal couple days before the like window for the like event takes place, like opened up. And then, uh, I think all of us were holding out hope. We saw this like little blip in the forecast where it could have snowed like another eight inches, but supposedly and rightfully so Jackson hole knows their weather really well. And they saw like this little window on the cloudy day, like before it snowed. And they said this was going to be the best chance we had of getting the comp done. And, all us athletes were just like, look at the snow in the forecast. Like it's going to snow and it's going to be sunny on Thursday, but like Jackson hole knew their forecast. And then they were honestly 100% right. But all of us that evening got like this text right before the, like we go to bed and are about to wake up and go jump into this thing. And we were just like, Oh God, it's tomorrow. We're doing it. Cause it definitely weighs on you. And we we're like intimidated to jump into that thing. But I think that's uh, good
0: for people to hear though. Yeah. I think, I think the thing with Corbett's is like, and I think why it's such a spectacle is like my high school buddies who sk- still go on a ski trip once a year have dropped into Corbett's. So like now they're all pushing 40 and they can show their wives and their kids you and they're like, I can, I, I dropped into that too. Yeah. Not totally. how you did it, but I think that's what makes Corbett's what it is.
1: Yeah. It's like more attainable. I feel like than like the Olympics, like,
0: yeah, or just like. I I don't have a turbocharged Polaris that I'm towing off the back of my van and get to go to like this crazy pillow totally. line like yeah it's just not an obtainable thing for me no but this like, is on
1: the ski resort everyone can go up there and I can go ski to Jackson tomorrow to. and just yeah.
0: like tuck my meat off it and. Yeah. Hope for the best, like, <laughs> which I think is yeah. what some of you guys are actually doing. Like it sure looks like that, doesn't it? Like yeah. well, there's like sometimes people land and you're like that was like the cleanest that like you're double back the year you won like that it just like worked right yeah. and then like it's just a lot of splats though too oh, <laughs> it's so it's many violent dude. like standing up there I was like oh. and watching some people I was like don't go like <laughs> just. <laughs> so, I, like you don't have a chance. Like I know. I I'm know. not being rude. I'm just like save yourself. Like yeah. And it's I think that's the nature of it. And it's a ski and snowboard comp, which is really neat. And the men and the women all compete together. And
1: it's just like it's violent. It's like abuse. It's so bizarre to watch. It's like, interesting that us humans decide to throw ourselves through that. Yeah, it doesn't. But you've always been a competitor. Like have you ever just watched it? I watched it the first year it ever happened, and I was, like, super psyched on it. It was just, like, Blower Pow, Crazy Carl 7 in the top, and it was just, like, that one hit. Or maybe it did Switch 5, but it was literally just, like, the one hit into the couloir, and then you just got to, like, ski pow it ski and, like, a couple little cliffs. But the event has definitely evolved over the years, and now there's, like, more hits down the middle of the couloir and big park jump at the bottom. So, yeah, I haven't gotten to just watch it as a spectator since then. And Will you continue to do it? I think it, yeah, like, it's this year I was, like, now I've basically been like a little bit out for the last month and it's definitely hindered my filming that I've gotten to get done. And I think it's starting to like dawn on me more that hucking yourself as big as that in the middle of your film season is probably not something you want to keep continuing to do. So probably could take a year off. So maybe, maybe not. Yeah.
0: I can't wait to see you up top next year.
1: I know (laughs)
0: here again.
1: We'll do that. Probably. Yeah.
0: I don't want to talk about Kings and Queens too much anymore, but maybe this is the answer to that. So far, what is the most pivotal point in your career? Brief interruption. Got to give a shout out to my, actually kind of a new brand partner here, our friends over at Pomoca. I've been running Pomoka Skins for years. I know it kind of has that like skimo thing, right? But like, here's why I love Pomoca Skins. They glide. That's why skimos use them. But they also grip the free pro 2.0 the pink skins you know the pink ski gain was a thing now we're in the pink skin gang head on over to pomoka.com get yourself some pomoka skins uh it's touring season folks they're not just for ski mows. they're ready to climb like you buy them you can cut them in two minutes i had to cut mine in the parking lot two days ago because i got a new ski phenomenal system comes with a cutter They're pink, so that's cool. Get yourself Pomoka Skins Free Pro 2.0. And East Coast, this one's for you because it's actually snowing. Thermic, get yourself a heated vest, heated socks, heated anything, heated insoles. I didn't think I needed heated stuff until I owned it. Now, I own it, and I can't ski without it. If your feet are warm, if your core is warm, you perform better, you ski better. It's important. It's really simple. Uh, look them up. Go to Thermic. Find what they have. See what they have. I'm loving the heated socks. DM me at Mr. Adam X. I might even have a little code for you. Socks are expensive. The vests are expensive, but they're phenomenal. So check them out. Thermic. You guys know them. You love them. Let's get back into this episode.
1: And I, I don't want to just say kings and queens either, but that definitely is crazy how much social media that that does and like gets your name out to like such a huge audience is absolutely ridiculous. But I do think that the YG Ski Quicksilver contest when I was 17 years old went from being like kind of not a huge name at all, like barely had any name. And then I did that event, was the only big mountain skier in the entire top 10 finalists. Everyone else was a park skier. So I stood out a little bit and then ended up winning. And like all of a sudden, had $10,000 that was handed to me. I went and bought a MacBook computer and flew up to Alaska and like got a couple heli lines in. And that was the moment where then I knew that I was like on this right trajectory. And I got like a call from Matt Sturbin's at forefront and like brand started to kind of recognize who my name was. And it was, it, that felt like a good moment.
0: I'll take that. I mean, Kings and Queens is huge too. Like yeah. Forbes covers it. Yeah. It's no, like, like, I think
1: last year they had like 300 million impressions or something. It's, like it's, it's more than Red Bull rampage, the mountain bike event. Yeah, which is crazy. That's, like, the biggest mountain biking event there is right now. And it's, I, like, it's so crazy. I think it's because it's obtainable. I, yeah. I, I, I
0: truly believe that, like, it's because it's that whole, it's Red Bull. Like, I mountain bike all five days a week. I cannot relate to Rampage. No. It's sick. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I, wa- I watch it. I. Yeah. But, like, I can't relate to it. So, like, my sister doesn't give a shit about Rampage.
1: Yeah.
0: But, like... My sister, when I like send her a clip of you jumping off of it, and then she's like, "Holy shit, you do that?" And I'm like, "I don't do it like that. I like s- s- tomahawk down it." But like, <laughs> but I think that's why it's so big. I think that's why I I truly believe that's why it's such a relatable yeah thing. No, totally. Is there a future in not to talk about kings and queens, but it's such like an easy topic. What's next for that comp? Like,
1: this has been like an athlete debate for a while. Yeah, everyone's a little unsure, but. I think there's definitely room for improvement, whether or not it's like changing up the park jump at the bottom or just letting it be a backcountry feature. And then there's just like so many different ways I think that they could still tweak the event to make it different because I do want it to evolve. I don't want it to just be kind of stagnant and kind of keep continuing on the same path that it's on currently. But. Like, this year, we almost put a rail in the top of it. Oh,
0: I thought about it. Like, there I was, so,
1: like, a few conversations, and we almost did it. So I think that's going to happen in the next year or two. I mean, it sadly has to. I think we should yeah. make the hotel smaller. Dude, that was ridiculous. <laughs> it was like It looked yeah. beautiful, but, like, we don't need to ski off Shout yet.
0: out Corey yeah. Jackson for just, <laughs> Dude, like, I know. being someone who would go off
1: the top of it. Yeah, that was unreal. It was, like, oh. a 30-foot-tall man-made pile of snow.
0: Uh, yeah. It, yeah. No, Thanks. No, thank you um, I want to talk about ski films Because you are a ski filmer A film skier yep. How do you feel about this Warren Miller drama?
1: Dude, I honestly didn't even know They weren't making a film until like two weeks ago Where I, are I'm you? I'm somehow not in the scene, dude I have no idea But my buddy that normally is like in all their films is like, dude, you're, like, you're shooting with jar right now What's your season looking like? And then he was like, yeah, like Warren Miller's not making a film dude, I don't know where I was at, but I did not know that that's
0: impressive good for you for like being in a bubble
1: (laughs) (laughs) because i'm jealous i know there's a lot of that going down dude i saw like their huge premiere last year i was like wow this is really cool i wish i had like photos that looked that cool at the premiere but then all of a sudden they're just not a thing anymore
0: yeah it's so do you think there's still room and obviously we know you have a little bias here but for major film productions in the ski industry
1: I think there definitely is given the way that I grew up as a kid and that's where my parents took me and like annually, you just got to like rely on something sick being released in the theaters every single fall. And now there's, yeah, there's like the three big dogs will now Warren Miller's not here anymore, but they've got, yeah, I feel like the big ski productions will hang on because of the way that it makes like the youth feel going to like premieres in the fall and being able to maybe want to be in a film like that one day, or at least like find out about it. Do you think this is a this is a dinner topic.
0: That there's value in holding your clips for a year to then put them out at a movie theater in October.
1: Yeah, I really don't want everything to just be social media. So, I, I definitely like holding on to things. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah. Okay. I would like social media to just not exist, but currently it's a big part of our lives.
0: Do you struggle with it as far as like being the dude, athlete? Dude, I hate
1: it, dude. I do not want to do it, but if it's there and it's part of your you have a good following right yeah it's been growing pretty steadily recently and like it always is like a little dopamine bump when you get like a new follower and you're like increasing and it's cool to watch but also I'm just like why am I pushing like this I don't want want to do this but yeah like you're you're, I enjoy sharing the things I'm up to but I also just I always just like think about the heydays (laughs) the glory days the magazines you're
0: 22 dude you're 23 like, well, what does that mean, dude? Like, I didn't have an iPhone in high school. I know, I know. Well, that's what I'm relating to, dude. I <laughs> like, wish
1: that that was, like, currently where we were at. And you got to, like... It's really... yeah.
0: There's both, right?
1: Because arguably,
0: maybe, not necessarily you, but, like, some of your friends wouldn't have careers. That's the thing that I do think about it's often. It's, like, a really interesting... It is cool that
1: a dope skier that just shreds on the weekends can post his clip on Instagram and all of a sudden have a name for himself.
0: But yeah. it's also, like, insane that you post you like riding an insane pillow line and it gets like 10k and then you post like a mole getting attacked by a bird
1: and it gets like <laughs> a million views dude it got like two and a half million dude yeah like yeah it's absurd i know it's like where in the algorithm where's that little like how do you hook on that because we are using social media right now it's like this is so dumb that a ski clip is gonna like not get any attention but then this little rat will just get i don't know so i think confused. if we knew
0: we would I don't know. I don't know what we we do the same thing, but it's, do you feel pressure to post?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Not like all the time, but definitely want to let people, yeah, I feel pressure to post totally. I need to feel like I'm keeping people up to date, which is hard to do sometimes.
0: What's the weirdest DM that you can say that you've ever
1: gotten? Dude, I don't get very many weird DMs. I get a lot of yeah honestly it's pretty boring answer i'm sorry (laughs) i got a lot of like i just responded to another kid today like some aspirational things where kids are in like a similar position i was in when i was a kid and they want to know how did you get to like what you're currently doing and i like responded to this kid today that was just like dude literally like the trajectory you're on now is the same one i was on just if you're passionate about what you're doing and you want to turn it into a career just give it a little extra effort and you'll get there yeah and there's a little luck involved too totally like it yeah there's definitely luck and Yeah, I'm super fortunate to have had the father that I had and the family that was supporting me. And a lot of that goes a long way. But if you're talented enough and you're like throwing down out there and you're able to like work really hard, I swear you're going to get there.
0: What's the most overplayed shot in ski films?
1: Like in general, like a trick or something? Or just Just like.
0: In your opinion, what is like. What could you do without in every ski film for the last 20 years? You're like, ah, there's that. Loading the fireplace shot, or like
1: yeah, like I love cinematic clips, but there's a lot of just like cinematic portraits, or like like scenes. I don't know, but they're scene setting clips, sort of like. No, I know. They, they rely. I, but yeah, no they are answer. overplayed. There's no
0: wrong answer. Like I'm super recently, I think the correct answer, if there is one, is FPV, right? Like that's like the new FPV it's, drone. Yeah, I know. Like, it's dope, but it like, makes
1: people sick sometimes. There's I feel like I'd, it depends on the FPV pilot.
0: It's yeah. amazing, but like if we're talking about like Overplayed. in the last five years, that's yeah. been like, how many FPV shots can we like throw into a segment? Like it's whole, definitely not new anymore. It is, Don't get me wrong. It's phenomenal, but how do you feel about BOA in ski boots?
1: I have not tried it. I've got BOA in my sled boots right now, but I think that's a little bit uh, more attainable. I don't think you need to crank them down as tight as you do in a ski boot. But who knows? I have not I have such horrible ski boot feet, dude. It's ridiculous. Yeah, like I've been struggling for years to make my foot comfortable in a boot, so maybe the boa is the way to go, but I doubt it could get stiff enough.
0: Yeah, I, time will tell, right? Like, that's going to be the push, right? Someone, because it all comes from racing, someone on the World Cup will either win in a boa or not, and then that'll be like...
1: Do you remember seeing the Bodie Miller clips of him in full tilts? Yeah. Like training? Yeah. Fully legit, dude. It's amazing what you'll do if someone's paying you to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I didn't ever see any tags on his Instagram, but, like, they were probably there. He was not skiing those for free. You don't think so? No way. Not comfort, dude? No way.
0: He, dude, that guy can ski. Like, you can, whatever you want about, like, his seven different ski brands that he's been a part of and everything. But, like, that guy can flex a boot so like (laughs) i know know. they had to have made him like a special tongue and
1: yeah like a 28 tongue
0: yeah i don't know yeah because it goes to 10 is like the stiff yeah i don't know i have no he had to have gotten paid there's no way he's in a scarpa now
1: yeah i haven't followed his feet that closely
0: i'm a big feet follower um He's in a scarpa. I think he's in a quattro, their okay. new four buckle. And yeah. like, he's not doing that for free. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. Yeah. Uh did you see the most you don't see anything, so I don't know. You missed Warren Miller not having a film, but did you see the most recent article? I think Ski
1: put it out on their hatred for pow surfing? No, that was FreeSkier. FreeSkier put it out. Dude, I gave him some flack the other day and they shared my pow surf clip. They're trying to win the people back over. Oh,
0: I didn't even know that. This would be a great interviewer question if I knew that.
1: Yeah, dude, I saw that. I know they honestly internally they said that they didn't like this article that much, but they just put it out there and I'm sure it did great on the algorithm because there was so much just freaking argument in the comments. He was angry. The guy did not like it, dude. He why are yeah. you so mad? Pow surfing
0: I'm like a huge power surfing proponent because I just like, <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I try to it to people and I'm like, it is, that's all I would do every day if I could
1: oh, Dude, the soul replenishment is unreal. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't know. I, I did see that though. I tagged them in my post and people like caught wind of it. And then all of a sudden free shared it on their story. And I was like, you guys are doing good. Yeah, they figured out how to make skiing cool. You just post pow surfing
0: again. <laughs> this is this is where we've come to. I know. Um, you bought a rally
1: car. It's not a full rally car. So that's definitely been a like I think my whole family so this is where it stems from. My whole family is like really into motors, but obviously motorsports are notoriously expensive and we did not grow up with wealth when I was a kid and we all had like wished that we would probably be rally car drivers or race car drivers, but we ended up being ski bums instead and then i uh recently was like able to stash some funds away and then found a really good deal on this crazy pike's peak built race car thing that is a wrx but it's a super old one it's a gc8 if anyone out there knows what that is and then it's got the bubble no it's even earlier okay it's so old dude but it looks sick it's like what year is it 90 it's like 98 to 2001 okay but uh Yeah, my brother is incredibly into STI, so he knows everything about these cars, and he's like, dude, this is the sickest deal you could ever get on one of these, and it's so close to being what you want. So it's got, like, a full cage in it. It's, like, rally spec. It's got an insane motor, and right now it's set up for street, but this summer, passion project, putting the rally suspension on it, full skid plate, and going to try to make some videos out there. It's going to be cool. Are you going to have, like, a vlog? Are you going to... I feel like that's your moment to vlog, right? Like, yeah, but vlog, I don't know. Maybe I could do... I started vlogging a few years ago. I tried it was so much work on my own doing that it was insane dude i was filming every i was filming for like three days straight and then editing for like two days straight while still trying to like have a ski career and like pursue everything else it was so much work so i wasn't able to sustain that but this could be a good vlog moment i've considered it i think what i'm probably going to do is try to do like a hoonigan style video but then tie it in with mountain biking is my plan okay yeah trying to branch out a little bit
0: are you going to like pitch
1: this to sponsors to like Make I have a, a proposal currently that I'm like tossing around with the idea to, to a few brands. What if you don't know how to drive well? Uh, I'm just f- <laughs> pinning it, dude. I'm just going to go full pin, and then we're going to get a couple good clips, and then hopefully some rad mountain biking in it will look cool. Like, yeah. Do you
0: know if you can do it?
1: I know that I want to be a good driver, and I feel like <laughs> I'm capable of knowing how to steer down a dirt road, but have yet to be a rally car driver. So, Who's going to be your... Co pilot, are you gonna do any races or are you just gonna make uh, there's like some autocross events that I'll probably go head towards, and then like I don't even know what they call them, but there are like little dirt rally events that aren't like races but just a course that you can go like set times at. And then, uh, I would love to pursue racing, but that would be also a huge step up in expense because you got to like travel and have a trailer and bring your truck and your car all the way to a place that then you can work on it in the middle of the dirt. So, I'm probably just gonna stick close to home this year and I'm, what I'm hoping to do is make some like cool videos the next year maybe gain some sponsors a little notoriety if I can make this sick edit and then from there maybe a couple seasons down the road try to do a race like a race series
0: is it will it be a street legal build or it'll be full on yeah rally
1: cars are supposed to be street legal So right but like yeah. you'll no, have it registered is, and insured yeah I just insured it it's registered and it needs blinkers currently and uh but it'll be fully street legal Will you drive it daily? Not daily. But like you'll drive it? I'm definitely going to drive it. Okay. Yeah. You'll see me at the coffee shop. You're going to get arrested. <laughs> I'm very nervous for you.
0: You'll see the clips, dude. I'm very nervous for you. Uh, mountain biking. Is this... You're pretty good on a mountain bike from what I gather. Yep. I like mountain biking. But you're good at it. I like mountain biking. I'm not good at it. There's <laughs> Did a you difference. grow up doing it? it like a... I mean, I grew up riding bikes. Yeah. yeah. I'm very good on a bicycle totally but i'm just not a good mountain biker like it's weird i'm really good on a dirt bike like i'm not that good on a dirt bike the nastier it is like the harder enduro it is for me on a dirt bike i'm phenomenal Really, but like mountain bike if it's like
1: chunky i'm like oh like i just don't i don't trust it totally yeah dirt's firm dude it's not nearly as soft as snow but i've felt pretty comfortable over the years and i feel like i've gotten more confident and going really fast and yeah i'm starting to pursue a couple enduro events now and then Last year, I did an EWS up in Whistler that I got invited to after. I did, like, well enough in this pro qualifying event at Silver Mountain that then I got invited to an EWS, which is, like, the pinnacle of enduro series. And I ended up having a mechanical and literally getting last place because my bike was completely broken on the first day. But it was super fun, and I was able to kind of hang mid-pack once I I found out how to make my bike not break. And then, uh, yeah.
0: So will you – do you want to take that somewhere? Like, do you want to be a pro – mountain biker as well like michelle parker's got a red bull helmet mountain bike and ski
1: no that's super sick i definitely admire that but i've also heavily considered like skiing i love it it's definitely my passion but it's turned into work like the way that you go throughout the season like knowing certain things have to get done and heading into Like summer, I really love pursuing mountain biking and like want to pursue it, but I'm not sure like at what level because it's super fun right now. And if it had to turn into more of a job, then I'd probably like it a little less. So,
0: okay. Yeah. All right. That's a great answer. You
1: got some good, you got
0: some wish-washy answers and some good answers.
1: Thanks. Yeah. I'm a little (laughs) all over the place.
0: You're on Scott skis. That's new for this year. Yep. Can
1: we expect a pro model coming? I'm not sure exactly what we're going to call it, but we're working on something right now. That's really sick. I think the public's really going to like it. I'm not sure if it'll have my name on it, but I'm definitely been a big part of it and it's going to be fun to like continue to help with design over the next year and a half. And I think you guys are going to have a good time with it.
0: Is this your first
1: time being involved in like creating a ski? I was definitely involved with black diamond and creating a ski and had like four years over there that I was super grateful for. And, there was always like the kind of hope of maybe getting a pro model one day down the road. And it just kind of took a little bit too long for like things to get put in place in order to make that happen. So it was not my first time working on a ski, but this might be the first time it comes to fruition.
0: I think you had a, maybe I shouldn't tell anybody, but I saw you at Jackson with the new ski and it was like, it was soft.
1: (laughs) That was the first (laughs) prototype model. dude.
0: It was a noodle,
1: yeah. I saw yeah.
0: you flex it, and I was like, okay, that is not going yeah. to market.
1: No, that one was not going to market, but honestly, it's so fun to play around in the powder. Oh, on. sure. It was actually insane. So tell me the perfect ski.
0: The perfect quiver killer is like how wide underfoot. Yeah.
1: Give me the specs of it. Until this year, I had never been on a ski narrower than 112 underfoot, so I like fatter skis. Typically, I'm like a 115 guy underfoot. I'm like 6'3", so I like pretty tall, I'm like a 190 cm, 192. And then uh, I like my side cut, though, and I also like camber, but it's got to have an early rise. Okay. So, yeah, not too flat because then it's not, like, playful enough. It doesn't have, like, the spring and, like, liveliness that you can have. And then with the, like, sharper side cut, then, like, around a resort, I feel like it's still manageable in the backcountry, but I like to be able to shred down a resort and then just, like, hook an edge and, like, carve back up a hill and, like, hit a hip or something. So, super long side cut, not a fan of. And then, uh, yeah, like a little bit of playfulness in the ski, but still be able to charge on it. Are we doing metal, no metal? I've been on no metal, which can still, like, hold its own. It doesn't need to have metal in it to be stout enough. If you have the right wood and you have it, like, laid up correctly, you're able to kind of hold it together without metal. Maybe metal in, like, the mounting plate for the bindings, but, like, as far as the flex of the ski goes, I don't think it needs it.
0: All right, this is the part of the show where I just ask you, really rapid fire one answer questions
1: all right we'll see if i can hang there's
0: not a there's not a lot it's not very hard
1: like how quickly do i have to answer these?
0: It, i give you two options and you oh, just okay. say one of them okay sick. it's very it's very okay, this is chill. it's very, very easy i promise pizza or tacos tacos playlists or podcasts
1: playlists pool or beach beach fruits or veggies fruits text or call Call, calling's like or texting's like calling at one mile an hour. Is my friend's favorite quote from when he was a little kid. You're a call guy. Call guy. Yeah, texting is so slow, dude.
0: I, you're a young kid. I figured you'd be a texter. <sighs> Comedy or horror? Comedy. Waffle or pancake? Waffle. Groomers or pow? Definitely pow. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Run or bike? Bike. Two stroke or four stroke? Definitely.
1: So, dude, I don't know, dude dirt bikes are sick i like the throaty 450 dude it's but, only one answer all right uh two stroke and all tur- everything's turbo now all sleds are turbo now i know i just love the sound dude i had a 450 for a minute and it was just like oh it sounded so good i'm so anti four stroke yeah no you don't like it Two stroke for what? forever.
0: like you don't like well i don't have a sled but if i did it'd be a two stroke and four stroke sleds never don't ever. 300 get. i have a 300 cc two stroke for dirt, dirt bike. bike i just got a 300 xc yeah that's why i have xcw sick. it's the best yeah, yeah. why I'm would you ever on a four stroke
1: well if any sort of enduro no you don't want it but i feel like some guys like track or just like enduro. i don't know <sighs> no way no so
0: this will be my last kind of question here because it's kind of loaded but kind of not but also like do you ever feel bad or are you conscious and i'm not telling you how to feel because i burn a lot of oil too but like it's all this protect our winners human powered i'm not saying you're anti it but like we're you're a snowmobiler i'm definitely and a snowmobiler taking yeah. machines out there are you excited for electric
1: dude i'm psyched for electric like just,
0: someone just came out with one
1: yeah they weigh like a thousand pounds it's like already. not yeah. there yet like it's no. i'm totally about protecting the environment i know that there's like a lot of
0: yeah i'm not saying you hate the environment but like i and i think you can do both i think you can do those things yeah and like still care about
1: the environment right i know but But i'm definitely fortunate to even be in that position have you ever taken your like co2 impact test oh no to see how much you like ruin the environment no i took one of those dude it's horrible like i don't like i didn't even like fill it out that much i take like a couple flights a year which not everyone in the world gets to do and then go snowmobiling And drive my car back and forth to ski resorts. It's insane how horrible for the environment I am. And I feel horrible about it. How do we offset that? (sighs) I don't know. (laughs) One day, fusion energy. Ugh,
0: fusion energy. Yeah, I... it is such a shit question. Cause you're like, I'm just trying to live my life and I'm like not yeah. throwing garbage out the window, but dude, like, I
1: pick up garbage, dude. But then you think about it and it just gets dumped in another hole on planet earth somewhere. You're just like, Oh my it's gosh. Fucked.
0: We're all fucked. Yeah. Um, parking who sponsors to thank support to
1: thank people to thank just and, go ahead. Yeah. Thank you so much to like huge family support. I think that's key. I'm excited to have a family one day and I'm going to try to support them the best I possibly can. And, yeah thank you mom dad brother you guys are amazing and thank you so much scott scott skis scott sports we got backcountry moonlight basin polaris and yeah i feel really fortunate to be in that position to have these people supporting me and yeah it's been sick where can people follow you follow me on instagram at parkin i kind of quit using facebook as as you should i don't really use tiktok you could follow my youtube there's kind of some old good videos on there there's not really too much new stuff but
0: and my last last question is what's next for you
1: this season wrapping it up gonna head to well finishing off here and yeah wyoming we're getting a segment done and then heading up to alaska again this april and gonna do some spring skiing and this year looking forward to a tgr segment and maybe an independent project towards the very end of the season and future parking i think i'm going to try to do a bit more of like my own personal projects along with a segment or two in tgr so yeah there you go dope love it thank you thank you guys thanks for listening hope you had fun (laughs) you're free